Hello, welcome to Tiz Talk. Welcome to Tiz Talk. This is a podcast coming from Tisbury, Wiltshire and surrounding villages. I'm Julianne Murphy. And I'm Mary Myers. This is the week beginning the 15th of May. As promised last week, we have more from the St John's Church bell ringers who did ringing for the coronation. Rosie Buck's bees are swarming. It started last Sunday, the day of the King's coronation. We had a swarm of bees on that day. Then Louis Davison gives us the Watsons and listen out for Tanya Maidment from the co-op with news of a raffle. And finally, we have a lovely piece about sheep, lambs and shepherding from Jethro Tull. And the lambs are looking good because the grass is growing. We've had a pretty good season. And we finish with a few more sounds of spring, this time thunder in water. under the bell tower here I suppose. Six bells, six bell ropes. So we're about halfway up the tower here. I'm looking through a tiny little glazed window down to the nave below. And um, the bell ringers are gathering here. Well, you've been doing it for years and years, have you, Anthony? 40 plus years. 45 years, wow. The heaviest bell without any of its fittings, which themselves weigh several hundred kilos, but the bell itself weighs 800 kilos. We've got to get it from the down position to the up position before we can then start ringing it. You've got to get this 800 kilos moving. Wow. And so, uh, <laughs> whose responsibility well, is that? Well, two of us will get it going. Okay. That's the point. Some really big bells, like um, Sherburn Abbey and Exeter, they take three people to get them up. I see. Wow. Wow. Amazing. But now you're more women than men. It didn't always used to be that way, did it? No, no. When I first arrived here, I think there were two women and ten men. I see. But only six bells. Yes. Well, you want spares for holidays, sickness, whatever. Yeah, so you, you want more recruits. We need more recruits. Oh. None of us are getting any younger. That's the best way to put it. <laughs> I'm Margaret Thomas. Because I know that you've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> yes, I learned when I was about 14, which was many years ago. Um, and um, Anthony Lovellwood is our tower captain and right. has been absolute stalwart here for I don't know how many years. It's one of the great British traditions. Everyone loves to hear the bells um, and it's been fantastic hearing them on, in other villages as well. Um, we meet here regularly. Uh, we've got some new ringers, but we desperately want some more. And uh, please contact us if you can. Um, people can contact me, Margaret Thomas, on Facebook. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Thank you. Coronation Day. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Right, please. Thank <laughs> you.
Rosie's in her garden. And we also meet Caroline and Jack for a bit of a bee fest. So, Caroline, I think we've had quite a successful week with the bees, haven't we? It started last Sunday, the day of the King's coronation. We had a swarm of bees on that day. Yes, we did. Which was quite exciting. It was your first swarm of bees. This first swarm of bees was quite high up in a fir tree, but hanging about the size of a rugby ball, would you say? So we had to go and get the tall ladder. Unfortunately, we felt we had to cut off a bit of a branch and another friend, Jack from Wardle, who also keeps bees, came and gave us a hand. So Jack, very kindly, because he has no fear of bees sometimes. Or heights. <laughs> or heights. Uh, did the cutting and pass it down and I was on the stepladder underneath him holding the skep and he then gently put the swarm that was hanging off the branch into the skep. I then passed it to Rosie, who very skillfully and swiftly tipped it upside down onto the ground, onto the board and a sheet. And we left it open a little bit so the remaining bees could come and find the queen. And we left it like that for probably about 20 minutes, I'd say. Yes. And then uh, we trimmed all the excess branch around the outside and then we closed it up and left it. I went off to my picnic and I came back and then successfully shook it into the hive, which was amazing. It obviously worked with the idea of having a little bit of grass in the entrance just as you put the bees in so they don't fly straight out. Yep. And then we put a bit of sugar syrup on them so that then they feel like they've had a nice feed and that this is a nice place to stay. And if they're there after 36 hours, um, and they're going to stay. Unfortunately, we do now have yet another swarm or cast, but it has decided to wrap itself around the trunk of this tree very high up way out of anybody's reach and always one's a bit concerned and would like to catch the swarms um, but hopefully it will find somewhere because there'll be scout bees going off from that swarm finding a suitable place so maybe a nook in a tree or a wall somewhere and they'll take up residence there but I think a good start to the new king's reign oh yes I think so five hives five hives Right, so now uh, Jack's getting into his bee suit. We're in his garage, and um, it's an all-in-one suit um, with a special bit of headgear. You have to be very sure that the, that the zips are all done up because the bees will find a way of getting in if they possibly can. So yes. I'm now putting on some wellies. Mm. I've been stung down my boots before now, but I'm hoping that the bees will be okay and I won't stir them up too much to make yeah. them want to do that. What are you going to do with the bees today? Well, I'm just going to have a look at them because I think now, having had some nice, nice weather, first of all, I want to see what's happening uh, in terms of their laying and make sure the queen's laying properly. And I want to look at the super, which is the box on top where the frames are, where the honey is, mm. to see how the honey is coming on. Right. So first of all, I'm going to fire up my smoker. Mm. That's like a, as I say, like a sort of blowtorch, and it's a, it's a sort of handheld thing where you, you fill it with shredded cardboard, set set a light so with a match so that it smokes, and the bees, it's a way of controlling the bees. They, I'm told it's because they their natural habitat is, is up in trees in woods 
and the, and they're afraid of a fire, and so they will re- retreat into their home. Oh. And so it's a way to, to to quieten them down a bit. Ah, oh, see. So I'm opening up the smoker now, and you can see it's full of shredded cardboard. It's one thing we've got to thank Amazon for. All these things come very heavily. <laughs> wrapped in cardboard yes. and so on and so this is ready shredded cardboard oh, that's rather handy yeah, just lighting so you're lighting it and it's in this cylinder with a kind of um mm-hmm. spout on the top yeah bellows at the back mm. okay. so we can see that it's you need it to go well but not too well so it, it's nice it and dry needs to smolder you have mm. to make sure you don't do it with your hood up because the, the mesh on the front of the beekeeping hood is plastic and uh, much flame it just needs to smolder yeah we need to damp it down a bit right to yeah. just to make it smolder just taking a palette knife to it just to kind this of is my hive tool that's what it is oh sorry so what we've got here is the smoker and you can see it smoking away quite nicely yes that's good put, putting my hood of my beekeeping suit up put some gloves on yes um, quite long gauntlets right so i'm just going out to the hive now making sure the smoker is keeping going, puffs of smoke coming out of it. So I'm going to look at one of the hives now. Then I've taken the lid off the hive. A lot of ants seem to have found their way in. And I will give the super a bit of a smoke. There's plenty of bees here. I can see lots and lots of bees. I'm just going to look first of all to see how the honey is coming on. Looks looks promising. Taking one of the frames out just to have a at random, just to have a look and see what what they're doing. And I can see that the the frame is drawn out very nicely. There's plenty of honey being made in there. Ah, oh, there's some capping there. There's clear capping. You can see the empty cells, but there's capping too. I'm taking the queen excluder off. And I can see that the hive is literally a hive of activity. Plenty of bees in there. Very busy indeed. I'm giving it a bit of a smoke to let them know that I'm coming. Mm, There are a lot of drone cells there, which could mean that they're wanting to swarm. That's not a good sign, but we'll have a look and see. I'm lifting up one of the frames, and I can see, yes, well, there's a lot of drone cells, but there are a lot of cat cells. Very good. Just being stung through the gloves. Um, I think we'll put everything back now and let them just get on but I can see that that that's a nice healthy hive right well I've got another super and I'm going to put that on top and hopefully we'll get a good lot of honey this spring once Jack had come back into the garage and taken off his bee hood he started looking at the baseboards he'd slipped out of the base of the hives he was looking for signs of disease and in particular signs of the dangerous varroa mite. This is the most vigorous colony, the baseboard of it, yes. And you can see 
you see a bit, a bit of varroa, and there's, I think, mm. a varroa there. There's, but there's not a lot. It's not too bad. There's, there's quite a lot there, quite a lot. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. But anyway, I mean, they're, they're all thriving at the moment. Okay. And they're strong enough now that they, they should, should see them through the, the summer. Yeah, so you, you feel sort of optimistic about this year ahead? Do yeah, you, I do. yeah, I do. I mean, the, the, yeah. <clears throat> the one that swarmed won't produce any honey this spring. But it might produce some in the. It hopefully, should produce some in the autumn, in the late in, later in the summer. Right. And the other two, the supers, are I'd say, out of the eleven or so frames that are in there, I'd say half a do, half a dozen or maybe eight have got honey in them. Mm. You talk about hefting a hive, hence the word hefty, being meaning weighty. Oh. And and so um, the soup, one of the supers is is really quite weighty. Oh, good. Because each each frame will produce about two pots of honey, so to about two pounds in weight of honey. Mm. So if you have eleven frames, each with two pounds, you're talking about uh, ten kilos, wow. uh, ten ten kilograms. You're lifting, and so people can do their backs in uh, lift, <laughs> lifting hunt, frames off supers off beehives because they they get so heavy uh, with the honey. How uh, interesting! Mm, yeah. Right. Okay. Well, let's hope you have a hefty year. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Tis Talk, a podcast from Tisbury on tistalk.buzzsprout.com. Now, Louis Davison presents the What's On listings, including news from Tanya Maidment of the Co-op about their charity raffle. Hi there, my name is Tanya Movement and I work in Tisbury Co-op. I am a team leader here in our store. Uh, I've worked here for 17 years now. We're organising a raffle to help raise money for the Bernardo's Children's Charity. Uh, we're running it between the 5th and the 21st of May. and We're selling them for a pound a strip. So we've got a range of prizes. We've applied to Truly Irresistible Hampers ourselves and then we've gone around to the local high street businesses and they've been really generous in giving us all sorts of things um, from the wine shop. They've given us two bottles of wine. We've got gift vouchers from Beaton's, gift vouchers from Tisbury Supplies. So all the local businesses have chipped in. So what we'll do is we'll raffle off each prize individually. So we'll start with the two hampers and then we'll go through the prizes donated to us by the local businesses. And the draw will be on the 21st of May, that's Sunday, at midday at the Co-op. These are the Watsons for the week beginning 15th of May 2023. The wisteria is blooming, the thermometer is creeping up in a snail-like way, and the swifts are well and truly here. On Wednesday the 17th, Get on board the Tisbus, departing at 10am for Lyndhurst and the New Forest Heritage Centre. This all-day trip costs just £12. Phone Dave Milas to book on 07 500 80 25 25 or email coordinator at tisbus.co.uk. You'll be back well in time for the Tisbury Horticultural Society talk at 7.30 in the Methodist Hall, also on Wednesday the 17th of May. And on Friday 19th, arrive for 7pm, starting at 7.30pm, at the Victoria Hall for the National Theatre live performance of Best of Enemies, starring David Harewood and Zachary Quinto, playing feuding political rivals in James Graham's award-winning drama. Tickets can be booked online at newvictisbury.com forward slash events. On Saturday the 20th, the Community takes place in the Methodist Hall from 9.30am until 12 noon. On the same day, Saturday the 20th, 
Tisbury Country Market will be in the Victoria Hall from 10 to 11 a.m. And at 7.30 p.m., again on Saturday the 20th of May, the Cherubim Candlelight Concert for Flute and Piano will take place in St. John's Church. This is an evening of flute virtuosity in aid of a £15,500 concert flute for Lily Owens, a 16-year-old flautist with great potential. The Cherubim Music Trust, run by Maxwell and Clancy Steer of Tisbury, are raising money to buy her a much more professional instrument. Music will include Bach, Mozart, Liszt, Elgar and Messiaen's La Meule Noire and a tango fantasia. Tickets are £18 with kids going free. Please book online at www.cherubimtrust.org forward slash TKTS. That's it for this week. Enjoy yourselves. Now, obviously, we haven't really got Jeffrey Tull talking about sheep and vegetables, but we do have a local chap who prefers to be known as Jeffro, and Mary went down to his small holding to have a chat. Been a very, very wet spring, and so cold as well. But we've managed to get in a few veggies in the garden, and the lambs are looking good because the grass is growing. We've had a pretty good season with uh, our small flock and uh, sort of average one one and a half lambs a ewe so half of them have had twins half of them singles we've got a few new ones starting this year and so far they've all survived we're quite pleased with it so we're waiting to uh, move them on off to the other paddocks away from the home when we finished all the lambing we're going to put all the singles in one field and all the doubles in another and keep an eye on them. Meanwhile, we're preparing the vegetable garden. So we rode up the potatoes. They've been under cover for a while. And then we're picking asparagus. So it'd be lovely to have some asparagus. This is the first year after three years of waiting, we're finally harvesting asparagus. And the uh, rhubarb's been doing well. We got the fleeces of the sheep from last year and covered the rhubarb so the rhubarb grew through the fleeces and we've had a very good early spring flush of rhubarb and what else we got we got mange too growing away and some lettuces so despite the fact it's been a bit cold and everything's a bit late it's a good start to the season plenty of grass and we hope that things will warm up shortly been interesting this year because We've gone back again to crossbreeding with Texel. We were worried about our sheep getting a bit too solid and heavy. So for the last two years, we've had pole dorset rams and they produce some lovely lambs. We only keep the females. And so we're breeding. This is the first year that we actually, we've had our own homebred pole dorset lambs, ewe lambs, lambing this year. They've done quite well. And now we've got a Texel ram back on again. And I I think Texels are quite sort of ugly. I don't like saying that. But they make good lamb, you know, for meat breeds. And cross with the pole dorset are just right for us. So we've got a sort of semi-intensive flock. So we'll now cross back onto Texel for a couple of years. And then finally we'll go back to pole dorset ram again. Of course, this is the beginning of the season, so the lambs are just being born now. We do castrate them and tail them with rubber rings, had to be done 
within the first couple of days of birth. And then until September they'll be grazing, grass only, no chemicals. The only spray we put on them is against flies. So other than that, they, they grow on natural grass. And then in about September, October, we start sending them off to be slaughtered. And they weigh probably 30, not particularly heavy, but 35 uh, kilograms a, a lamb. And because we lamb quite late, we wait until the second half of April to guarantee that there's some grass. So we'll wait until September, October, pick out the fattest ones, send them off to Wincanton to be slaughtered, and then we sell to our friends and relatives mostly. Great. Thank you very much, Jethro. It's all right. And we'll be catching up again with Jethro in the months to come. Follow us on Instagram at tiztalkradio. And finally, to end this week's Tis Talk, some more sounds of spring. This time, thunder in water. So we've been Mary Myers and Julianne Murphy with special presenter Louis Davison and that piece from Jack MacDonald about the bees was originally recorded for Alfred Radio in Shaftesbury. That's all from us this week. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on tistalkradio at gmail.com. You can listen every week to a new episode of Tistalk. And you can find any episode you've missed at tistalk.buzzsprout.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Tistalk, that's all one word. And also look out for us on the Nextdoor app. And now also on Instagram on Tistalk Radio. So do listen in next week for more stories from Tisbury. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.